Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, February 21st. Be patient with people. Remember, it takes incarnations to emerge from the pit of delusion. Think how long it probably took you to reach your present level of understanding and how long it often takes to rid oneself of even one major flaw. Well, there's lots of different ways we have to work with it to try to have patience with other people. Isn't that really just the essence of the story? It's, we, it, it is very impressive to me how much we torture ourselves and one another just because we find that the way other people behave um, becomes upsetting to us. I mean, it's they who are acting the way that they act, but we find ourselves constantly drawn in, reacting, and then trying to make the world different than it is. And rather than patiently sort of standing by the people that we love and helping them through their difficulties, we become nervous about our own survival and start trying to push the world into the shape we need it to be. I'm, I'm talking about us. I mean, this is a we pronoun because it's just, it's the human condition and it's very um, difficult. In the Bhagavad Gita, um, Arjuna asks Krishna, he said, what is it that compels mankind seemingly against his will over and over again to do that which he knows to be folly that will bring him nothing but misery that is not the road to happiness? And, you know, there's lots of answers to that question. Um, Krishna gives a, a metaphysical, physical answer, a spiritual answer, which is a very profound one and comforting, but it doesn't necessarily lead us out of delusion. It's based on two principles. The first is that we are actually infinite in our nature. The jiva, the Sanskrit word for the that translates into soul in English, but jiva is a more exact word. It's the, the bubble, the spark of divinity that is uniquely individual. The jiva is divine in its nature, but the jiva enters into the body and then that it's not, bondage doesn't exist merely because the jiva has incarnated in physical form, but the jiva identifies with the physical body and begins to define itself according to the limitations of being in one physical body. So as soon as we're identified as one physical body and forget our unity with all of creation, then we are automatically insecure and nervous because it's very frightening to be a solitary entity in this huge creation in which so much of creation is completely out of our control. So we feel frightened and we feel incomplete because intuitively we know we're incomplete. But then we get caught up in the waves of creation. It's called the gunas. 
And there's uh, one of the, the waves of creation is what's simply called the activating force. It's just that makes us, feels us, something is wrong with me, I have to do something. Now that the activating force can move upward into more truth-bearing understandings that will take us closer to our true happiness, or the activating force can be drawn downward, taking us farther into delusion, or it can just run in circles, which is a form of delusion. But that activating force, sensing that I feel incomplete and insecure, begins to try to bring something into my world that will make me feel secure. But it's not trying to attune myself and shift my identity from limitation to infinity. It's just trying to remain limited but feel safe and secure and happy. I mean, that's just Krishna's explanation. And of course, what we have to do is that we have to overcome that, we have to overcome that fundamental idea that we need to, um, that we can ever find satisfaction by uh, bringing something in. We have to change that fundamental identity with limitation and shift our sense of self from limitation to infinity. In terms of the chakras in the physical body, um, the sixth chakra is the point between the eyebrows. And when our consciousness is at the sixth chakra, at the point between the eyebrows, we know ourselves to be one with the infinite. The opposite pole of that same chakra is at the back of the head. And it's right at the medulla. That's where the skull sort of curves downward, that hollow right there, the medulla. The medulla is the jiva identified with the body and with the limitations that body and ego impose. Um, the spiritual eye between the eyebrows at the point on the forehead is the jiva identified with infinity. It's, it's just that simple. And, and spirit, the spiritual life and right living is to transfer our sense of self from the medulla to the spiritual eye. It's a very short distance geographically, but it's a huge revolution in understanding. Now, patience with ourselves and with other people, what patience is, is that we are settled comfortably in ourselves. And we are not trapped by the activating force of Rajoguna, compelled to try to make ourselves feel secure and not so separate. And when we're compelled by Rajaguna, we're just always looking to outside ourselves to, to somehow make it all right. And the problem is really simple. It's, it is not a viable solution. It appears to be a viable solution. If you would only treat me in this certain way. If you would call instead of just not coming home so late. If you would speak to me in a different tone of voice. If you would just tell me how you feel. If you would just pick up your socks. If you would just help me with the laundry. Then everything would be okay. But that whole premise is there's something wrong with me inside and if you were different, I would be better. And, and of course, everybody has something to learn by getting along with each other. And if you're raising children, your entire job is to help them understand who they need to become. So it's not as if you can just abdicate your responsibility 
and just pretend that you can just let, let run people run amok all around you. So it's not the interaction. It's not even the honest, sincere, objective expression of this is not working for me. I have needs in this situation and we need to think about, you know, I also have value here. It's, it's a wrong understanding of selflessness to think that, that, that I have no value. I, have, I don't have more value than others, but I have equal value. So if your way of being denigrates, disrespects, or demeans my value, my value, then there's no reason in the world why I should put up with it. Period. Because that's part of how I make myself whole, is to recognize my own reality as part of divinity, without demeaning yours, but just observing that this is not, this doesn't work for me. So people get confused and think to be selfless means that they have to um, betray the truth of a situation. No, we don't. But to be patient is also to know it just takes a long time to learn these things. And impatient comes from a false idea that my pain is actually caused by you. My pain is not caused by you. My pain is caused because I have an essential misunderstanding about where happiness comes from. You may also behave, be behaving in a very inappropriate way that I'm not going to tolerate. And therefore, I need to speak up. But it's not your fault. It's that you're participating in my karma, and I need to respond appropriately. And patience comes when we just realize we just, this is a long, complicated story. And everybody in it just has to play their part. There's no shortcuts here, and nobody is doing anything to anyone except I and you. We're torturing ourselves. And it comes back to what comes back to repeatedly in all of these months and months of what Swami is writing about. We have to try to think about how to be helpful. But we also have to include ourselves in the equation. And I was speaking to this earlier, and, and it is... Um, uh, also, a little part of this, um, to include ourselves in the equation in the right way, which is it's not good for other people to disrespect me. So it, it's not helpful to them to allow them to disrespect me. I remember this couple in our community, after so many years of marriage, I think it was seven years, they weren't in the community, actually, they were neighbors, after seven years, they were separating. And, and as it was discussed among the people who knew them, they were separating because he really greatly opposed her meditation practice and always had. And when she would practice, he would turn on the radio really loud or turn on the television really loud just to disrupt her meditation practice. Swami's comment, it was really interesting. Seven years, he said, I wouldn't have stood for that for 15 minutes. I mean, it was like, are you kidding? I'm not going to stand for this. Why would I try to support you rather than follow my search for God? He wouldn't have been unkind, but he would have just packed his bags and walked out the door. There was a story that Master told. His parents tried to arrange a marriage for Master when he was a young man, and um, it was the arrangements had gone along pretty far before Master heard about them and absolutely refused. But since she was a beautiful woman, as it turned out, and a suitable bride for the family, instead of 
master himself being the groom, his cousin became the groom. And this is, in the arranged marriage world, this was not unusual. Fifteen years later, twenty years later, master comes back to visit India, and this woman has turned out to be a shrew. And his cousin, he said, is tiptoeing around the house all the time so as not to set her off. So master goes and sits with her, and he says, I have some right to speak because you were originally meant to be my wife. I want you to know that if you had treated me the way you're treating him, he said, I would have left for the Himalayas on the first day. Just like that. So it was not like, oh, you have to be patient because she's terrible. No. If it's inappropriate, you don't have to put up with it. You may have to leave if they're not going to change because people won't change just because you demand it. But nor should you tolerate that which is intolerable. But just patiently move on. So... Swami says, be patient with people. Remember, it takes incarnations to emerge from the pit of delusion. Think how long it probably took you to reach your present level of understanding and how long it often takes to rid oneself of even one major flaw. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.